0: you're listening to mrac connect community voices a platform to bring awareness to community issues across toronto the views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect our mrac members our sponsors or community partners Hi, I'm Laurie. And I'm Ken. On today's episode, we are talking to Margot Boyd from Friends of Toronto Public Cemeteries.
1: For the last 15 years, Margot's group has been challenging that the Mount Pleasant Group of Cemeteries has been operating as a private entity when in fact they are a public trust.
0: Friends of Toronto Public Cemeteries' goal is to return the trust to the public, restore and preserve the historic and heritage value it represents to the people of Toronto.
1: This story has been featured in the Toronto Star the National Post, and other media.
0: Welcome to the show, Margot. Well, thank you so much
2: for inviting me to speak on your podcast today. I'm so glad that you've taken an interest in this issue that, although it's a bit of a sleeper, I think it's um, very important to people in Toronto.
1: Thank you, Margot. Well, we're excited to have you on our podcast, too. Um, Can you give us a brief background on what the overall issue is with the Mount Pleasant group of cemeteries?
2: Sure. Well, um, as you mentioned, about 15 years ago, uh, we found out that there was this uh, discrepancy between how Mount Pleasant group of cemeteries described itself and the legislation that we found that outlined what it was. We uh, realized that it was much like the art gallery or the AG, the, the ROM, the LCBO, it was one of those types of corporations. It um, was completely paid for uh, by public money and um, they however were advertising themselves as a commercial privately owned cemetery. So that was a, a great concern to us especially as we did our sort of due diligence and found out that mount Pleasant cemetery the flagship cemetery um and the name bears the name um is only one of 10 public cemeteries these are all owned by the people of Ontario, and with um, looking at the land and the uh, assets in terms of financial assets, it comes up somewhere around the three billion dollar mark now. So it's it's not, it's not a small pilfering amount. It's something that is of great significance. And we were also concerned about where the money was going when they they were earning all this money every year and uh, on an asset that belongs to the, the public but then the public wasn't seeing any return
1: on that and we were wondering where is the money going? Yeah, no, that's, uh, those are all really good questions and and I think the moment that you kind of discovered, you were telling us just from talking, when you discovered that it was actually a public trust, can you tell us a little more about that, that sort of how you researched it and you know that, what you found out? Oh
2: gosh, that was, that was a long process. Um, uh, well, Things weren't adding up, and then um, an older gentleman I knew told me when he saw this this marketing piece of material that said that they were a commercial property on Cemetery, he said, No, no, no. I, um, I used to walk the grounds in the 1950s with my uncle because he was a trustee, and this is a public trust. And he said, Margo, you go find the trust. So, uh, what I did, my first exercise was to head down to Boralaskan Library at the U of T, and I started pulling old pieces of of paper. They were, um, on paper, they weren't even... They're not on the internet. We had to go back to the books because they were from the 1800s. But lo and behold, we had a public trust that was created in 1826, and it was paid for by the public, and uh, it was put into a corporation um, for better management of said trust in 1871. and, And nothing, there's been no pink slip, as we call it, no pink slip. Nobody bought it. Uh, there's been no remuneration for this huge asset to the province, so it still belongs to the province. So that's sort of um, what we found out, and it was very concerning to us, and they weren't responsive. What we also found out was that uh, the board, um, they call themselves the Board of Directors now, not a Board of Trustees, and um, they said that they didn't follow the act that outlined how the trustees were to be selected and it was supposed to be public and um, so not surprisingly this group of private individuals was not very interested in making changes and going back to following the law.
1: Okay and, and well thank you for all that and that you knowing that history is, is really helpful. So as far as where we're at today with the health concerns and the Mount Pleasant Cemetery recently closed and that also affects access to the Beltline. Uh, What are your thoughts on sort of how they're operating in that decision to close? Well,
2: this this sort of unilateral closure is really emblematic of how these people behave. Uh, They just do what they want to do, and then they see if anyone pushes back. And uh, it's a little bit complicated in this particular situation, because when they close the gates of Mount Pleasant Cemetery, they also close the public out from the Beltline Trail. Now, although the legislation that created it, as we were talking about before, is provincial, the Beltline is an easement that's owned by the city. There are, in fact, two easements that cover somewhere around two kilometers of pathways through the uh Side, one side, the east side of Mount Pleasant Cemetery. And this, according to the law, is supposed to be open at all times during the daylight for public access. And so this, this land doesn't really belong to them, it belongs to the city. And so when they close that, what they've done is the rest of the Beltline Trail is open because in the province's emergency declaration these types of public green space walkthroughs are to remain open so of the nine kilometers of the beltline trail we have seven kilometers that remain open but we have two kilometers that people are cut off from so instead of enjoying the 25 or 20 foot avenue wide avenues through the cemetery and and lots of room for, for proper distancing, they're now forcing people on these meter and a half wide sidewalks. So, to say that they are closing this in the name of, you know, public health, it's really not the case, because they're forcing people into smaller, confined places, and it doesn't do good things for public health, that does negative things to public health
1: okay and 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 so also, I think you're also saying at the very least, the decision to close the cemetery should have come from the city, uh, not in, in, the-
2: indeed, indeed, what they did was they just announced to the city that they were closing it. But, but nobody there has the right to put a lock on the gate. You can't put a lock on the gate. I can't put a lock on the gate. Glenn McClary can't put a lock on that gate. It's not any of our gates to put a lock on. This is a decision that the city of Toronto gets to make. You don't tell Toronto you're going to close a road. You don't tell them you're going to close a trail that's supposed to remain open, according to the province. So, you know, it's, it's pretty it's pretty gutsy, but it's, it's what they do and if nobody pushes back, they will continue to do this. It's what we've seen in the past and so what we need to do is we need to raise our voices, we need to tell the mayor, hey, Gwen McLeary didn't tell you, you have two easements through the Beltline Trail and you need to you know, either look at them and read them yourself or whatever you need to do so that you can enforce the city's right, the public's right, to remain on the walker
1: trail. We'll be back with Margot in a moment. We just wanted to talk a little bit about why this issue is important to the Midtown Raveners Athletic Club and really, you know, the people of Toronto over the last uh, year, our group has gone through the uh, cemetery at least a hundred times, maybe 150 times as, as we make our way through the Beltline Trail. A typical route for us might be, uh, let's say we're starting at St. Clair or uh, Davisville. We might go through the Beltline Gravel Trail through the cemetery. That's about a 15 minute walk through the cemetery to Moore Park Ravine. Then we get to the brickworks and then we come back through Beaumont Park and David Balfour Park uh, toward Young and St. Clair. So it's a nice, nice, concise route of maybe eight to 10 kilometers. Uh, We see a lot of people in the cemetery, uh, walking, running, bicycling, you know, parents with strollers, Nordic walking pole people. Yes, (laughs) people like me. Like Lori. (laughs) Um, And, you know, with what Margot's talking about today, we're kind of learning the whole relationship that this is really a public trust. So it's kind of, you know, we were unaware of that previously as well. We've seen lots of wildlife in the cemetery over the last year, especially near the Moore Park Ravine, near where the Mount Pleasant Cemetery Visitation Center is. We've seen uh, lots of deer in there. We've seen coyotes. Yeah. Coyotes. uh, coyotes. Yeah. (laughs) We always get the correct uh, pronunciation of that uh, confused. But the, you know, I guess the last thing is really in normal times, closing the Mount Pleasant Cemetery would, you know, block part of the Beltline route. Uh, And now with our current uh, health concerns and social distancing, uh, it not only blocks the route, but it also forces people to walk on the sidewalks uh, at a time when, you know, that's not considered safe because we're too close to each other.
0: So, Margo, what you're saying is that the province and the mayor of Toronto aren't really aware uh, of these particular uh, legislations um, and that because of that, Mount Pleasant has been able to operate this way. Uh, So tell us, what can the public do uh, to help support the fight to get the cemetery to open their gates and the access to the Beltline Trail?
2: Sure. Um, I would say the the first issue, the most, you know, pressing one that we deal with every day with this COVID-19 is to um, raise your voice to the mayor. You can phone the mayor or you can write the mayor at mayor underscore Tory at Toronto.ca and tell the mayor, hey, did you know that you're offside the province's emergency declaration because um, two kilometers of your belt line have been locked up? You need to take the gates off of that. And uh, then the larger issue, the broader issue, um, is the um, Ontario, the provincial level, and that is the Premier. So you can email the Premier at premierontario.ca at and um, tell Premier Ford that you're now aware that there's a, a kind of a serious problem with one of his uh, major assets. And it's twelve hundred and twenty-two acres of public space. They say that it's private. It is not. It is public, and we support them all the time through the forgiveness of taxation. So that is a subsidy that we. They say they're not. They're, they don't receive any subsidizations. Oh yes, they do. They don't pay taxes. They make extraordinary profits on public money, and they don't return any of that to the province. And I don't think this is a time in Ontario history when, you know, we have a lot of money left over. We need uh, every cent. And I think it's very important that um, this money goes back to the province instead of who knows where it goes.
1: I, I wanted to ask you too, Margot, I noticed in the past through social media and media that you've also had a lot of city councillors kind of on your side or bringing up this issue. How have you found their reaction to this, uh, this issue and helping you?
2: So, um this issue is interesting in that um, the, the dead people in Mount Pleasant aren't in my ward. so I look my house is adjacent to to the summit to Mount Pleasant Cemetery. So I see in to another ward and I see a bunch of people with no voice and um, so it's very difficult for me to speak for them. Um, my counselor, I told my counselor about it, and he said, well, you know, the cemetery isn't in my jurisdiction. Generally, I would say that the councillors in the past have been very supportive in our efforts to keep Mount Pleasant group of cemeteries public. Um, they know that their hands are tied on the provincial level because it's not their legislation. This legislation now belongs to Premier Ford. So, um... I think that if you wanted to talk to, um, you can phone or you can email uh, Councillor Matlow. The cemetery is in Councillor Matlow's uh, ward. And when Mount President first let him know about their unilateral closure, um, Councillor Matlow was, uh, he he didn't know that there were easements through the cemetery. So um, now he knows, and I think it's important for him to stand up for both the rights of the living and the rights of the dead. And um, he, he's, our, he's the voice, and he needs to tell the mayor, hey, there, there are easements over this land, It belongs to the public, they closed it without consultation, and uh, now City of Toronto were offside in terms of the uh, province's emergency declaration because, you know, the medical officer of health stated that it's important for people to exercise and to get outside in this time of, of stress.
0: So, it seems that there are bigger issues than closing the cemetery and its effect on the Beltline access, such as the Mount Pleasant Group of Cemeteries financial reporting, which we'll talk more about in future episodes, but Margo, if you could please sum up some of these other issues.
2: Well, gosh, there are so many, I I don't know where to start. Um, When you mentioned finances, yes, these have been an area of concern. They were not forthright with their um, financials. Uh, If you want the financials for the art gallery or the LCBO, you can download them from your computer at home. It was not the case that you could see what was going on with this organization there was no transparency there was no accountability and and still now um, on the website the numbers aren't really meaningful because what they've done is they've added together each line of what is in the trust and what is in another company and this other corporation was a corporation that they created or some of the board members created it's a private corporation and they capitalized it with public money from the trust. So that's a bit of a problem. Um, They wanted to get into the funeral home business, but their legislation doesn't say that they can get into the funeral home business. It's like the Art Gallery of Ontario deciding to want to paint homes. So they go take... Public money and and buy up some some painting college pro painters or something like that. So that is a great concern. Um, what is another area of concern is um, uh, the purchasing of land. All the land that they've been purchasing in the past, I don't know, about 30, 40 years, has been sold. So they haven't opened a single new cemetery since 1995, although they have gone around purchasing land. All the land that they've purchased um is has been sold and i did a rough calculation and i looked at the money that they said that they got from these land sales and i calculated a a return on investment of a thousand and fifty four percent now that money that they're investing in the land and flipping is public money but because they are a um a corporation created by the legislature. They're tax-free, so they don't pay any capital gains tax. Where did all the money go from the land slipping? So it, it's sort of one thing after the next, and they have been without oversight for so many years that they're just, there are so many questions, and every time you kind of get an answer, it just, it just opens another uh, bucket of worms. So um, that's just a little taste. Of of the financial
1: picture. And it it seems like, you know, there's sort of a constant denial from them as far as the public entity versus private entity. Uh, We noticed recently you had a tweet on Twitter uh, with their sign notice uh, noting the grounds as private property um, on their website, on the the Mount Pleasant Group of Cemeteries website. They do have a history of the cemetery, which is very interesting, but it When we looked at it, we didn't really notice anywhere where it said sort of this was created from a public trust or that was just kind of completely left out. So there is this continual sort of uh, optic that optics that, you know, they're a private entity.
0: Yeah. And I know that when we had spoken earlier that up until you uh, speaking I had no idea that the Mount Pleasant group of cemeteries was a public trust I always thought it was private as and I well. think
1: that's you know for our our listeners and I think the average person walking down Young Street or Mount Pleasant uh, or nearby they would just assume that cemetery is private uh do, would you agree on that or from what you know? well
2: um I I think that it it becomes confusing when you see a cemetery and then it says that it belongs to a company and then there are all these private property signs around the the cemeteries. There used to be signs about the trustees, but all the, the trustee signs have been removed and replaced by signs that say that this is private property. So you know, it's it's just it's incremental changes. The, the big changes people notice, but if you try sort of little things at a time and see if everyone anyone notices, and it takes it takes a lot of time. If you notice that some signs are being switched, who do you complain to? Right. Um, there's there's nobody there's nobody in charge the legislation is so old now it's, it's it needs badly to be updated it needs to um, be written in a way that they have to report to the province they have to be accountable they have to be transparent back in 1871 when they were the trust was put into a corporation um, They didn't have ministries. The only person who had any kind of, or who has now, any kind of sort of oversight is the public guardian and trustee. And the public guardian and trustee has been concerned and and asked for their financials in 1991, and Mount Pleasant said no. And then they asked for their financials again when we were sort of embroiled in this whole, um, you know, skirmish that was happening. And once again, they said no. How do you say no? Well, you know what they just did, and nobody has gone to enforce anything, and that's why, finally, out of frustration after so many years, um, we began this corporation to advocate for the upholding of the law, and then we ended up in court. And um, you know, does, should it really take that much? Well, apparently, it does, and now they're appealing it. Uh, we. We won every single declaration in court the first time we were there. And now Mount Pleasant has appealed it. So, you know, we, it, they just draw it out and it's in limbo. And they they have all sorts of money at their fingertips. It's all public to pay for the Ferrari of, of legal firms to, to, you know, to fend us off. And then it, for us, it's just this constant waiting game. And it's, it's really frustrating. What we need is we need a hero. We need Premier Ford to step up and be a hero on this, and say, "Look, this is all wrong, and we're going to update the legislation, and we're going to give it back to the people of Ontario who paid for it and to whom this belongs."
1: Wow. Well, it's quite the you know, it's quite the. Um, I mean, this has been a long time for you that you've working you've been working on this. It's 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 interesting, and it's. Uh, daunting. Yeah, you know, it's, for sure. Um,
2: it's, it's, it's a life's work. This yeah. is what it is. It's for sure. a life's work.
1: Well, you know, we appreciate you uh, talking with us today. Um, if if people are out there want to know more about this or, or support the cause, uh, you know, if they're looking for friends of Toronto Public Cemeteries, what's the, tell us, tell them how they can find you on the, you know, the internet and your website or Twitter or, you know, where you are. Well,
2: our, our, our website is uh, www. www. Friend, p p c. org, and uh, you can join the um, organization. You can become a member, and I, what's really important is to tell your MPP. And you know, it, uh, there's I'm in the Jessica Bell's writing MPP Jessica Bell. It's important. Tell her. You know about what's going on. Something needs to be done. Um, Raise your voice to the Premier in an email. Say, look, you know, you need money. You say you uh, want accountability. Here's something for you to do. Update the legislation.
0: Okay. That's great, Margot. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to have you on the show today. Uh, So... uh We'll look forward to future episodes that will expand on these issues uh, going forward. Thank you, Margo. Thank you. I look forward to
2: discussing this further. Have a great
0: day. You too. too. You've been listening to MRAC Connects Community Voices. You can find us at www.midtownraviners.com. Or on Instagram and Twitter as at midtown reveners.